The Writer Files, a member of the Podglomerate Network. I want to mention a great resource for writers, and this month's sponsor, Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, a DIY manual for the construction of stories. I'll expound later in the show, but the short version is this long-awaited book about the craft of creative writing from New York Times bestselling author Steve Almond sets out to debunk the well-meaning but misguided myths that hold us back from writing our deepest and most honest work. Pick up a copy today of Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, wherever you buy books, more soon. Greetings, scribes. I have got some exciting news to share. The Writer Files now has an exclusive Patreon community where subscribers will get exclusive access to uncut ad-free interviews, a writer's happy hour, bonus breakdowns, and content from productivity and publishing experts each month. In the meantime, just head over to patreon.com slash thewriterfiles. It's free to join Patreon to get a preview and you can upgrade anytime. That's patreon.com slash thewriterfiles. Help us start something special. And that was the moment where it hit me where I'm like, oh, Rear Window on a Lake. That's that's going to be my next book, isn't it? And when it first hit me, like I was very, very hesitant because like this is not a new story. Like, first of all, there is Rear Window, but like there have been plenty of books out there which feature you know, alcoholic women looking out their windows, watching the neighbors and seeing things they shouldn't see. And, I, and I'm and i fully aware of that because I've read these books. I've loved these books. And so I knew like, okay, I've got to do something different if I'm going to tackle this. And welcome back to The Writer Files. This is your grateful host, Kelton Reed, wishing you pages, patience, and perseverance per usual. New York Times bestselling thriller writer Riley Sager spoke to me about why he publishes under a pen name, how to write Hitchcockian suspense, and his latest, The House Across the Lake. Riley's the bestselling author of six novels, most recently Home Before Dark and Survive the Night. His award-winning first novel, Final Girls, was a national and international bestseller that's been published in 30 countries. His latest novel, The House Across the Lake, has been named a most anticipated summer book by People, E! News, CNN.com, Crime Reads, and many others. It's been described by Crime Reads as a psychological thriller version of The Great Gatsby, featuring binoculars for more accurate across-the-lake spying, smaller gatherings for a shorter list of suspects, and a truly batshit twist for more satisfying consumption. The House Across the Lake was inspired by Riley's own pandemic escapes to a cabin in rural Vermont and oozes with slow burn, Hitchcockian suspense. In this file, Riley and I discussed the albatross of bad sales early in your career, why his process changes from book to book, how to turn common genre tropes on their head, what happens to his social life as deadlines loom, taking inspiration from classic film, and a lot more. Stay calm and write on. And don't forget, you can always support this show by heading to writerfiles.fm, where you can also sign up for email updates, get links to merch, and other resources for writers. And if you're a fan of The Writer Files, please click follow to automatically see new interviews in your podcatcher as soon as they're published, and drop us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you tune in to help other writers find us.
All right, we're rolling on the writer files. I am honored today to be joined by New York Times bestselling thriller writer Riley Sager is joining us. Thanks so much for taking the time to do this, Riley. No, thanks for having me. This is fun. How are things going over there? I understand you're out on tour or in on tour or however it goes these days. The, the tour is starting very, very soon and might actually be on its way like when, when you know this is released, but it's daunting. I'm not used to this. It's been more than two years and yeah. yeah, like lots of airplanes and airports and flights and things like that. I'm just like, yeah. mm, this is smart, but I'm also excited because it's been too long and I like visiting stores and meeting people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's gotta be kind of a thrill to get out and meet your readers and of course mix it up with some of your peers and um yeah congratulations on the reception of your latest it will be out as of the publishing of this show but um yeah i can't wait to talk about this latest opus the house across the lake and all the uh all the energy that went into it but um take us back a little bit let's dig into your dossier uh as a as a, a best-selling author and take us back you know because i know so many authors have this kind of circuitous route to where they where they end up you know kind of feeling like in a in a place where they're comfortable but talk about yeah kind of where you've been and how you got here oh um do we have a couple hours <laughs> it's it's been a long strange trip let's just say that um yeah i riley sager is not my real name that is i think generally well known i started writing my first novel that was never published by the way 25 years ago this month wow and i was i was at the very tail end of college and i thought hey it might be fun to write a novel and it took me three years to finish it yeah and it was never published and so my next one took me yeah about that same length of time to finish that was also never published. And so finally, my, my third try was published under my real name. And I wrote three books under my real name. And um, they didn't really do all that great. So <laughs> hence, the, hence the new name, the pen name. Because in publishing, you're only as good as your last sale sometimes. And my sales were in the basement. And so when I wrote Final Girls, my agent said, this could be a really big book. It's wow. your best book. Yeah. I think we need to release it under a pen name. And I said, I don't want to. Why? And she explained <laughs> all the reasons. She's like, you know what? If I submit this, first thing editors are going to do is look at your previous books. They're going to see that they didn't sell at all. And so they're not going to make you an offer or they're going to make you a really, really bad offer. And this book will die like the rest of your books. And so to be presented that in such stark terms, I was like, oh man, I don't want that for this book. And so we, we settled on a pen name, Riley Sager, and she was, she was absolutely right. Like we submitted it blind to editors she just said, it's a pen name and I'm not telling you anything else until you make an offer. Hmm. And so there was a lot of interest in that book. Amazing. 
Yeah, and the rest is history, as they say. Now, granted, I did not think that what happened was like going to happen. I was just happy to have you know a- another publishing deal. I'm like, oh, someone wants to publish something I wrote again. That's so wonderful. Never did I think that like things would blow up in the way they have. Yeah, incredible. So you've got to feel pretty good uh, going into the latest. Of course, it's had some incredible uh, reviews and blurbs. Um, it's been named a most anticipated summer book by many, many outlets, too many to name. And uh, I really liked what the, this Crime Reads blurb. I'll just read it. Um, the House Across the Lake reads like a psychological thriller version of The Great Gatsby, featuring binoculars for more accurate across the lake spying smaller gatherings for a shorter list of suspects and a truly i'm, I'm gonna say it, a truly batshit twist for sat for more satisfying consumption so basically the great gatsby but better how did you feel about that uh little review there i wanted to frame that one <laughs> like i it just it that one was when i when i saw it i just thought like okay one this is setting expectations way too high <laughs> But yeah. but two, I I want to make uh, like you know how they can take pictures and like make them like wallpapered like for an accent wall. I want <laughs> to do that with this quote. Just have an accent wall in like living room. That's just that quote. Amazing, amazing. Well, um, your peers obviously have uh, had some very nice things to say about you and your work in the past, including Stephen King and and Lisa Scottolini, uh, who's been on this show, but. Um, She's this, the best. Uh, she's so she's, nice. She's, she is very nice. Alex Michaelides, uh, number one New York Times bestseller, uh, bestselling author, said, I thought this was a good one too. The House Across the Lake is the work of a master storyteller. A Hitchcockian premise is given an exciting new spin as voyeurism, murder, and the lies we all tell ourselves about our nearest and dearest spiral out of control in this gripping mystery where nothing is what it seems. That was very nice. I thought of Alex, but um, yeah, talk about a little bit just about the the seeds of inspiration that uh, sprung into into um, this this fiction. Yeah, so it, it was. I just finished "Survive the Night," my previous book, and it was like, okay, it's time for vacation, but there's a pandemic. So where do we go? We go to a lake house in Vermont. So I I rented this very lovely lake house in vermont that bears absolute total resemblance to the one in the book and the the goal was just to decompress and just chill for an entire week (laughs) so of course the first night i get there i pour myself a bourbon i go out to the back porch which like sits right on the water and i start looking at the houses on the other side of the lake like you do (laughs) <laughs> yeah, like you do. One one in particular caught my eye because it was very pretty and all lit up. And I just felt myself leaning forward. Like, who lives there? What is their life like to live in such a pretty house on this lake? And then, you know, I'm a thriller writer. So my mind goes there like, ooh, what secrets are they hiding? <laughs> like, is there, is there something suspicious going on there? And that was the moment where it hit me where I'm like, oh, rear window on a lake. Hmm. That's That's going to be my next book, isn't it? <laughs> and when it first hit me, like I was very, very hesitant mm-hmm. because like, this is not a new story. Like, you know, first of all, there is rear window, but like there have been plenty of books out there, which feature 
you know, alcoholic women looking out their windows, watching the neighbors and seeing things they shouldn't see. And I, and I'm fully aware of that because I've read these books. I've loved these books. And so I knew (laughs) like, okay, I've got to do something different if I'm going to tackle this. And so what can I bring to the table that's new and fresh and twisty? And once I latched onto that, which obviously I can't talk about because it's so spoilery, but once I latched onto that big twist, I was like, yeah, I can do that. This is, this is really, this is what I want to do. And so I spent the rest of the week basically on that porch plotting out the book. Hmm. So it became a working vacation, quite surprisingly. (laughs) Very cool. Earlier in the show, I mentioned an invaluable resource for writers. Truth is the arrow, mercy is the bow, a DIY manual for the construction of stories based on three decades of writing, failing, and trying again. Author Steve Almond is a beloved professor at Harvard and Wesleyan and the acclaimed New York Times bestseller of 12 books of fiction and nonfiction, And in Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, Steve employs the radical empathy he displayed as a co-host of the Dear Sugars podcast with Cheryl Strayed, where they explored the joys and trials of storytelling to explode myths that hold us back from writing our deepest and truest work. The book includes chapters on plot, character, and chronology, but travels far beyond the earnest intentions of most craft books. It also includes writing prompts to generate new work. Pulitzer Prize-winning author Richard Russo called it one of the best books on writing he's ever read, and also the funniest. Pick up a copy of Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, a DIY manual for the construction of stories wherever you buy books and add it to your TBR today. And just a quick aside to revisit the exclusive Writer Files Patreon community where subscribers get access to uncut ad-free interviews, a writer's happy hour, bonus breakdowns, and a lot more. I know that for serious writers, it can be more distracting than ever to cut through the noise, stay productive, and home in on what's happening in the publishing industry. Over eight years, we've provided a looking glass into the habits of professional writers and publishing industry insiders. And as your humble host, I've decided to launch a membership-based Patreon for serious scribes to cut through the noise, swap tips and tricks, and hang out with like-minded peers. Just head over to patreon.com slash the writer files for bonus writing resources, monthly episode breakdowns, writer's happy hour, a community of your peers, ad-free episodes, and more. It's free to join to get a preview and you can upgrade anytime. That's patreon.com slash the writer files. Help us start something cool and special. Keep calm and write on. Yeah, that's interesting that, that you would find inspiration, of course, in um, kind of an idyllic, uh, a natural setting. But then, yeah, you can, you're kind of looking for probably inspiration wherever you are. And then, so you just kind of felt compelled by by the uh, the muse, I guess, to, to just get it down. And then, so then where do you go next? Where, what's the next phase for you? I mean, obviously, you know, there's probably a little research that goes into into the book and then the plotting and the outlining stuff. Um, talk a little bit about your process and how you get to a place where you can uh, start getting, you know, some miles on the old uh, typewriter. Yeah, first thing... Is that a phrase? <laughs> <laughs> it should be. <laughs> That's... Miles on the typewriter. That was a very awkward phrasing. <laughs> but it's, for me, it, it does, it is like the plot first, just like that sort of elevator pitch, like rear window on a lake. And then I think, okay, 
what can I do with it? Who is populating this story? Who is going to be my main character? Because that's super important. And once I think about that for a while and, and start to realize, yes, this is something worth pursuing, because a lot of times things aren't. Like I'll get an idea and I'll be obsessed with it for two days mm. and then it just dies on the vine and I don't think about it ever again. Mm-hmm. And there've been so many of those things that's happened. So I know that if I can't stop thinking about it, then this is worth pursuing. Mm-hmm. So then I just kind of, I'm a big outliner. I know some people just, I just write and see what happens. I can't do that. Like I need to know kind of where I'm going. And so I just noodle around on the laptop and think of, okay, where can this go? What, what happens? Like, what if I did this or, Ooh, no, what if I did this? And then it's just a matter of just playing around with ideas and things. And then eventually I know it when I feel it, like my body's like, okay, I want to start writing this now. Enough with the little outlining, just start writing words and sentences. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's when I know like, okay, it's, it's, it's go time. Let's write this. Yeah. And then what does um, kind of your best day look like when, you know, when you're really getting, getting words onto the page um, and hitting kind of a flow state, what's the most prolific period um, in the novel writing process kind of look or feel like? It depends from book to book. Usually for me though, it's like the last 100 pages go by so quickly. Hmm. Like I, I think I finished the last hundred pages of this book, like in two weeks or something. Wow. It just, it was just pouring out of me. Like I finished this one. I told my editor and agent, okay, you'll have it sometime in August. And literally like the second week of June, wow. I emailed them like, it's done. Here you go. I don't know why or how it just, it, so there was, I think I was a, you know, really, really in the zone, like for the, the, the final 100 of this book. Yeah. If all books would be that easy, it would be. Perfect. Yeah. Are you a coffee or a tea drinker? I'm both actually. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah? it's, it's coffee during the day with some water. I got to stay hydrated. And, and then <laughs> like usually in the evenings, I'll make myself a, a decaf cup of tea. Hmm. Um, but are you primarily like a morning writer? I'm more of an afternoon writer. Hmm. Like I, in the morning, you know, I like to take my time getting ready. I like to exercise, you know, check your email, do all the businessy type things you need to do. And then usually it's not until like one o'clock or so. It's like, okay, let's, let's really start writing. Interesting. some days are easier than others. But it's. Yeah. Do you write li- like late into the evening or do you just kind of go to like uh, you're starving or need a, need a drink? <laughs> it, it depends. Like sometimes I do need a drink. I'm like, oh, it's, it's five o'clock. Thank God. But <laughs> it, it depends on where I'm at in the book because a lot of times I will just stop, be like, okay, it's, it's dinner time and I'm done for the day. But if I have a really pressing deadline or I'm really in the zone, then it'll be after dinner. Okay, time to write more. Hmm. And then I can go sometimes until, you know, 1, 2 a.m. Interesting. How does that affect your social life? Oh, I have none. 
<laughs> when, when, when there is when there's a deadline and i'm working on a book there's there's no life yeah and it's just nature of the job so yeah so so you are writing until later in the night some probably as as you get closer to a deadline more often <laughs> yes and it depends like with um a couple books ago the one um home before dark that one i for for life reasons like purchasing a house takes up so much of your time and mm -hmm. so like i was working on this house and going through all the new homeowner things when i should have been writing and so like the last two months of that deadline was pretty much like i am chained to my desk <laughs> from like 9 a.m until at least 1 a.m every day for months i'm writing yeah well, congrats on the latest. Obviously, uh, it's going to be probably fun for you. To, how are, how are you feeling today, as of as of right now, um, as you get ready to begin the, the the kind of the cycle of promotion? It's always such a strange feeling, and you'd think I would be used to it by now, but I'm I'm not. Like there is this sense of oh, this book is going to be out in the world very very soon, and people are going to judge it and you, you feel like protective of like this child that you've raised a little bit. <laughs> and, and so knowing that like I'm sending it off into the world now and there's nothing I can do and people right. are going to treat it however they're going to treat it. It's, it's a strange feeling. Yeah. Um, well, it's a, it's a fantastic story and talk about, I mean, when we say like slow burning Hitchcockian suspense, you know, with twists and turns. Talk a little bit about the kind of the cinematic nature of your work and also kind of your love of uh, classic film. Yeah, I, I was a film studies major in college, which prepared me for literally nothing. <laughs> and, but I don't regret it, actually. So there's that. But I love movies. I'm very much inspired by movies. And I, I think that I sort of take that narrative style with me a little bit. Like I, mm. I studied screenwriting in college. I, you know, I bought the Sid yeah. field books that talked about the three act structure and I've studied actual screenplays to see how they're constructed and how they work. And so sure. I do think I bring some of that structural components to my, my novels. Yeah. But I always like to think of them. Nothing has been made into a movie yet. And yeah. there's a good chance nothing ever will be made into a movie, but I like to I always like to think of them as like this is my little movie, but in words. And I know that's <laughs> such a weird thing, but it, that's that's kind of how I look at them. Absolutely, you know. And there's something we, we talked about with authors on this show about um, the freedom. You know, I, I've spoken with screenwriters and TV writers who have changed. You know, like kind of changed gears and written a novel, and you know they always marvel at kind of the freedom. <laughs> of a you know it is a solitary so you don't have to you're not having to um you know spitball and pitch everything and to get it to get it over uh to get it written and and then finalized and then filmed and all that stuff but then there's no but you know there are no budgetary constraints right right that's that's kind of why every time i think maybe i'd like to write a screenplay i just <laughs> stop myself pretty much immediately because I, I can imagine the, the the steam that would be coming out of my ears, like upon my first like script notes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's funny. 
Like, can you make her, you know, blonde or, or can she, can she be a hot nuclear physicist or something like that? And I'd just be like, oh my God, I can't take <laughs> I'm sure it would be fun, but yeah, definitely a, a little bit different world. So, so no adaptations in the work presently? There are, there are things in development, sure, including House Across the Lake, which I can't say anything more about it because it has not been announced oh, yet, and I'm just like waiting because it's kind of cool. But exciting. At, I with with Hollywood, I'm of the mind like I love movies, I love TV shows. I don't know the first thing about making them, and so I leave it to the professionals. Hmm. So I like have zero input on anything. On purpose, yeah. just right. Like you do what you do. I'll just be here working on my next book, and that's probably wise, um, given that you're probably already working on your next book. I am. Yes, like my publisher keeps me very busy. Can you, can you say anything about it? I, <laughs> I I I can't. Like I, you're contractually obligated. I I, I am. Yes, talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's a wonderful thing to have that kind of security. Yeah, but then there's also there's a lot of pressure that comes with it. We're like, oh man, I really I need to meet this deadline because <laughs> they are expecting this book to be published on X date a year from now, and so yeah, it, it really does like keep my nose to the grindstone. Well, that's cool, and I think you know you've kind of reached a level of of uh, notoriety and and fame. When when you are contractually obligated to keep quiet, <laughs> oh yeah, to just not say anything and just 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 shut up and write. And so there's a gag that's, order. <laughs> that's what I try to do. Just shut up and write. <laughs> oh man, well I could probably pick your brain all day about uh, the shutting up and writing piece, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Um, I'll ask you a couple of fun ones before we kind of wrap up with your advice to fellow scribes on how to keep going, because you kind of are the epitome of an author who's kind of seen it from both sides. But um, yeah, let's see. I got a fun one here for you. If you could have dinner with any author from any era to your favorite restaurant in the world, who would you take and where would you take them? Oh, gosh. Um, I would pick Mark Twain. Hmm. because i'm sure he'd be very great company and have a lot of stories to tell 100 percent. where would we go to eat um this is <laughs> this is going to be a weird one i would i would take him to a restaurant at disney world one because i oh. love disney world and it's been a while since i've been there but two, like mm -hmm. there is like this whole sort of area in Frontierland, Tom Sawyer's Island, and <laughs> yes. there is a riverboat. Like, and I just bet that would blow his mind to <laughs> to see like there is a big fake riverboat plying this fake river around a fake island, all <laughs> modeled after me and my life and my my books. I I bet he would just have a field day with that. You, do you think you don't think he would have like an aneurysm? <laughs> I I think he would find it completely enjoyable. 
completely bonkers. Yeah, he'd be like, I love this. It's It makes no sense to me, but I love it. <laughs> that's very cool. Well, that's a first. Yeah, that would be very meta. Um, it really would be, yeah. And, and interesting. So I would, I, would, I would definitely like to... Uh, well, we'd have to probably film it, too. So, um, But, uh, oh, I was just... I was looking up a, a Mark Twain quote, I think this morning, and I ended up in, like deep into the uh the origins of this quote but it was a mark twain quote truth is stranger than fiction but it is because fiction is obliged to stick to possibilities truth isn't that's a good quote that's a good quote right it it kind of uh it kind of sums up your work a little bit i kind of was imagining nicole kidman uh for some reason but i know you can't say anything about the house across the lake uh adaptation but uh that would be my pick there are there are many people like i had one actress in mind <laughs> did you that i was sort of picturing and i uh-huh. can't say it because it it could happen <laughs> it but, could come true but when when i had i had a lot of conversations with like producers and people interested in making this a movie and they yeah. all like named someone else and every person they named i was like oh she'd be great <laughs> Oh no, she oh she'd be great. And so like in my mind I have like this list of now like a dozen actresses who I'm like they'd all be perfect. And and they all like they're so varied that I'm like yeah. You know, this is here's an out of the box choice. This person. So yeah. it's it's fun to cast in my head, yeah. For sure. And we'll stand by for that and that's a very exciting uh development. Um of course, I will point at your home base rileysagerbooks.com uh you are on all the socials i and, am i just uh, joined tiktok for some reason and I'm oh sure. it, it's well i know why it's because i love this book and i wanted to really like tout it yeah and my publisher had been like maybe you should they've been nudging me a while like you should get on there book talk is popular yeah I'm like uh so I'm, I'm doing a trial run can you explain that 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 process as an author just kind of like getting on was it hard for you to get on TikTok and and start promoting? Was it? Did you have to kind of like? I'm still just dipping my toes into it. Like, yeah. I there's so much about TikTok that I am baffled by. Yeah, I I am Mark Twain staring at his fake land when it comes to like me looking at TikTok. I'm like, I don't get any of this. <laughs> okay, um, well, we'll see if we can find you on. I'll put a link to your TikTok. Yeah, my 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 three <laughs> videos so far. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll find. I'll try to find you on it. Do you have I any, think it's, it's Riley Dot Sager. I believe is the okay. All right, I'll find it. I'll put a link in the in the show notes, so folks can listeners can uh, TikTok and we'll follow along there as well. That's exciting. That's that's a new adventure I'm embarking on. Yeah, TikTok. <laughs> it's not one I hear often about, so um, that's pretty cool. Um, all right. Well, uh, before we wrap up here, um, yeah, uh, just your final words on just how to how to persevere how to keep going keep your chin up oh yeah it's it is never a straight path like i mean maybe for some people definitely not for me and i'm a stubborn son of a bitch sometimes and so like i was (laughs) i was not going to give up and so that's that's kind of my advice is just like just keep going don't give up believe in yourself and believe in what you can do but at the same time always try to prove improve and and educate yourself and get better read a lot write a lot make mistakes and you know hopefully eventually maybe 
luck will be on your side. And and that's something else a lot of writers need to understand. Like a lot of it comes down to just plain old luck. Yeah. Perseverance and luck. I like it. Perseverance, luck, believe, improve, fail faster. Fail faster. And, uh, yeah. yeah. We uh we really appreciate your time and your wisdom. Thanks for popping in. Um best of luck with the tour and we'll be uh keeping an eye on the the socials to see what you're up to. Yes, I'll be I'll be TikToking my tour, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much, Riley. Words words I never thought I'd say. <laughs> All right. We'll catch you soon. Come back and uh talk with us again sometime. Definitely. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for joining us for this file. And if you're a fan of the show, simply head over to writerfiles.fm for more. That's writerfiles.fm. <laughs>